Oh, how sweep it is. For the second time this season, the West Virginia University baseball team sweeps a Big 12 opponent. We'll tell you what that means and what all of this weekend means as it relates to WVU here over the next couple of moments here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. As always, Ryan Decker and Sam Caniglio joining you from the ballpark, beautiful Wagner Field at Monongalia County Ballpark on a Saturday edition of the baseball podcast, Sam, because regular season finale, regular season final series this weekend. So WVU moves everything up a day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday they play, and that worked out pretty well for WVU, a weekend series sweep over Kansas State this weekend. Yeah, it seemed a couple or an extra day of rest maybe uh, during the work during the week, excuse me, worked out for West Virginia Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three straight wins. And right now around the Big 12, it's just utter chaos and it's chaos in favor of of the Mountaineers. Yeah, some things finally going West Virginia's way around the Big 12 through the first two days of this weekend, Thursday and Friday. Really, things did not work out West Virginia's way. Some things going the way of the Mountaineers so far today. We'll get to all of that and what it could mean here in a little bit. But let's talk about this series, Sam. A really, really great showing by the Mountaineers in the final three games of the regular season. And I, I don't know how many times you can play a 15-4 to game back-to-back days, but that's what WVU did this weekend. Thursday, a 15-4 to blowout victory over Kansas State. Jacob Waters looked pretty good on the mound, and the offense really just up and down the lineup performed really exceptionally well. And then Friday, pretty much rinse, wash, and repeat. Ben uh, Ben Hampton with a solid outing on the mound. And then, again, the lineup just shows out top to bottom, and you're getting getting some good uh, contributions from throughout the lineup. Then on Sunday... A little bit of a lower scoring game, only a 5-1 to one win for the Mountaineers, but a win for the Mountaineers nonetheless. Just if you can, kind of recap what you saw over the past couple of days by the Mountaineers. Yeah, the first two games was just a story of some massive, massive innings. Um, I believe Friday they scored eight, inning, eight runs in one inning. Um, Seven in the eighth inning. On, seven on in Thursday. the eighth inning on, on Thursday. Friday, uh, I believe they scored eight in the, the fourth or the fifth inning, fourth inning. Um, yeah, they, they were they were just on fire, uh, completely, completely unstoppable. Um, Kansas State, it was kind of tough to see what was going on in their dugout. Um, a lot of questionable decisions. Uh, you know, Bryce Adams got the start for them in game one, and he got kind of clobbered early on, and they kept him in, and he just kept on getting clobbered. But it seemed like they were saving arms for, for Arlington next week. But – um, yeah, their, their bats, West Virginia's bats, I should say, were just on fire. They could not be stopped, and um, you know they were putting it all over the ballpark. Both these teams did come into this weekend knowing they were going to be making the trip to Arlington at Globe Life Field for the Big 12 tournament. Different scenarios for these teams, though, heading into this weekend. Kansas State, the best they could do was move up to sixth place, and that they had to sweep WVU in order to do that. West Virginia, on the other hand, they could have moved all the way up into a tie for second if everything broke their way. It really would have been a third-place finish due to some tiebreakers, but a tie for second, nonetheless, is what could have happened. That's not what happened. We'll get to that in a moment. But again, three really convincing victories for the Mountaineers. I think you saw really two teams going in two different directions. Kansas State's a team that does have some nice wins on their resume this season. They took a series against Texas, and they've they've had wins against other good teams. But a team that's not playing very well right now, and you could tell every time West Virginia had one of those big innings, or even those you know three run innings that West Virginia put a couple of together over the weekend, that pretty much deflated the Wildcats. West Virginia, on the other hand. 
that might be the most inspired I think we've seen them play in a couple of weekends. It's been a while since we saw them put three really, really solid performances back-to-back -back together in a weekend, and that's what they did here over the last couple of days. Yeah, we've seen WVU. They've gotten run-ruled at times. They've, they've had some really bad performances in Game 2 over the last month or two, um, and, and they come back to win the next game on Sunday. That's happened several times throughout the season. Um, but that just didn't happen with Kansas State. They just seemed to really come out demoralized. Um, and West Virginia took advantage. They were confident. They were cocky. And they were, again, they weren't hitting the ball all over the ballpark again on Sunday. But they, they were definitely getting runs as they needed them. First inning, they, they got it the, in classic Maisie Ball fashion. Randy Maisie didn't exactly want it. As it happened, when uh, Victor Scott got picked off on the on the on the base pass, Austin Davis saw the opportunity and, and trotted home. It's kind of it's kind of hard to describe that play. Uh, we might have come up with a name for it though. Yeah, we did box. come up with a name for it—a nice uh, a pickle play. Yeah, because that's exactly what happened to Victor on on, on between first and second. Um, but again, that gave Austin Davis the opportunity to run home and score a run. But then. Um, the rest of the day they were scoring runs the conventional way. The next run they scored was a triple from Austin Davis. Then J.J. Uh, Weatherholt got an RBI, and then Grant Hussey uh, reached double digits in the home home run column to end the game with a two-run shot over the left field bullpen. You know that This was a very solid baseball performance by West Virginia. They didn't need Maisie Ball, but they, they definitely utilized it. Pretty good way to kind of encapsulate what happened in this series is if you go to West Virginia and look at the lineup, the batting average leaders on this team, Austin Davis, Dane Leonard, McGuire Holbrook, J.J. Weatherholt, Braden Barry, Victor Scott. Those are the top six guys in terms of average, all hitting 286 or better this season. Five out of those six players had at least one hit in every game of this series. Braden Barry, who had a home run on Friday, was the only player that did not have a, a hit in every ball game of this series. It's up and down the lineup. West Virginia just did it, got it done pretty much all throughout this series. Even on Saturday where the lineup didn't show out as much as they had the previous two games, there's only so many runs you can have in your bats throughout the course of, of one series. There were still opportunities. Some unfortunate lineouts and a couple bad double plays took what could have been one or two big innings off the board for WVU. And then to flip it over to the other side, Sam, the pitching in this series, really, really good. It got good starting out of Jacob Waters, Ben Hampton, and um, Aiden Major here on Saturday. And the bullpen did its job. Yeah, and like I mentioned, it seemed like Kansas State was trying to save arms uh, for Arlington, but West Virginia didn't need to. They it, their script, they, they played to their script just as they needed. Um, and they were even able to get guys in there that they didn't need. I mean, when you're up by 11 runs, you can put whoever the heck you want in there. You know, <laughs> last week we saw Albert Pujols pitching in the, in the big leagues. Yes, we did. Um, so, you know, they were able to get some freshmen in there. Will Watson made an appearance, uh, I believe, in game one. Um, you know, so that the script was played perfectly by the Mountaineers. Um, now, if the fate is now elsewhere in the league to see where they're going to play on Wednesday or when they're going to play on Wednesday, I should say. But yeah, the, it, their bullpen showed out and how, how else could it end except with a save by Trey Braithwaite? 
that was the perfect ending to to the series. Just a microcosm of the entire season. Yeah, Braithwaite was one of the three, I guess, true fifth-year seniors on this team who were honored before the game. It was uh, seven or so seniors in total who were honored either for graduating or for this being their last, uh, truly their last home game at Monongalia County Ballpark. And a couple other of those seniors do have the chance to come back next year if they so choose. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks with the MLB draft coming up here uh, in a month or so's time. We'll see how all that shakes out for those guys. But uh, I guess to your point, to a degree, on Kansas State saving arms, it wasn't like, though, they saved their top arm, I would say, as uh, German Fajardo, who, who pitched on Friday, he was he's a reigning or, I guess, two weeks removed of reigning uh, Big 12 Pitcher of the Week, and WVU put up a seven spot on him. So it wasn't like they were saving everyone. I, I agree that they were probably saving some guys for Arlington, knowing that they didn't really have the opportunity to uh, better their chances of moving up seed wise but it wasn't like West Virginia was going against a lot of freshmen who have never seen a Big 12 ballpark before. no no but they, they were you know when games get out of hand like that we've seen it from WV we've seen it from pretty much any college team coaches aren't afraid to go to the bullpen you'll see seven eight guys come out and but I don't think they pitched more than three guys three or four guys in a game I don't have the box scores in front of me but like I said Bryce Adams most Skippers would pull him the first inning that he was getting hammered, but he stayed seven strong and and uh, well he stayed through seven. I don't want to say seven strong, <laughs> wasn't seven strong. but you know he stayed through seven innings and um, yeah the. WVU just kept on hitting through them. Yep, that's a good point. So you, you mentioned the bullpen or the lack of maybe bullpen used by Kansas State. One of the I will say the most fickle bullpens in the Big 12 belongs to the Longhorns of Texas. Let's get an update on that game right now. We're coming to you at just a 545 Eastern time here on Saturday. So maybe by the time you listen to this, this game's probably over, I guess, at this point. But as we sit here right now, what's the latest on that Kansas-Texas game? Well, uh, it's not looking great for the Jayhawks, actually. Oh, uh, Texas is starting to come alive a little bit. It's the bottom of the fifth. They're playing in Austin. So it's the bottom of the fifth. Texas is up to bat. Um, I, I am looking at the score. Bases are loaded, one out. Uh, earlier in the inning, Texas got uh, a run on, so now it's 5-1 to one, um, in favor of the Jayhawks. Uh, to put it in Warren Nolan terms, uh, at the beginning of the inning, WarrenNolan.com had Kansas at an 88% win probability. Now that's down to 79.2%. Okay. Um, still better than 75. Still better than 75. But, still better than 50. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, so bases loaded, one out, five to one in the Jayhawks. Texas is up to bat. The reason we bring up that game uh, is because obviously West Virginia is tied with Texas uh, in the Big 12 standing. So West Virginia, at, as of this point, this moment right now, a half game up on Texas, but still waiting for the Longhorns game to finish up. So what, what this all kind of means is if Texas drops this game to Kansas, and I think we have another update. Yeah, let me give an update. The It, it just so happens that Ivan Melendez is up to bat. Oh, the gosh. Is loaded and That's not out. good. Um, the, the, the nation's leader in homers and OPS. Yes, so we'll keep an eye on that. But if Texas does drop this game to the lowly Jayhawks, who are going to be the only team to not make the Big 12 tournament this year, that would put WVU in the number five seed spot in the Big 12 tournament. If Texas wins today, WVU will be the number six team in the Big 12 tournament, which begins on Wednesday, May 25th at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. A couple other scores going around the Big 12 right now. Uh, Baylor was, I believe, crushing uh, 
earlier and and, and also uh, Texas Tech was crushing Oklahoma at least as of a couple of moments ago, and that was a big kind of development in that series considering the Sooners have really taken advantage of the uh, Red Raiders so far this weekend. Yeah, so it looks like Texas Tech is going to win that. It's the bottom of the eighth. They're in Lubbock. Excuse me. It's the bottom of the eighth. They're in Lubbock, and the Red Raiders are up 10-2. Oklahoma State is climbing back. Baylor put up a three spot on the on the Red Raiders in the first inning, but um, so but right now it's three to two. The Cowboys have kind of added a run here and run there, so they're getting they're putting the bat on the ball. They're out yeah. hitting they're out hitting Baylor. So that that one's up that one's up for grabs. As we mentioned earlier, a lot of the results this weekend did not break West Virginia's way in terms of improving their Big Twelve tournament seed. Hopefully, the Kansas Texas. Uh, line score here is going to break West Virginia's way. But, Sam, let's just quickly here and, and kind of shortly look ahead to the Big 12 tournament just a little bit. Nick and Angelica, they're going to do a full Big 12 baseball tournament preview coming up in a couple of days. But just, Sam, quickly our thoughts here following WVU sweeping Kansas State here on Saturday and, and kind of knowing some of the scores, at least as they stand right now, West Virginia looking like they're either will be a, a six seed or a five seed. It's a big difference both in when you play – that first game on Wednesday, and also who you play that first game on Wednesday. But just kind of overall, your, your thoughts on the Big 12 tournament and what we're going to see coming up next week. Yeah, I, I think I think we're going to see a chaotic Big 12 tournament. Um, you know, w- one of the talking points in the press box all weekend has been the high numbers of runs uh, being scored. And, you know, there's no doubt that WVU has quality arms on their pitching staff. Uh, but at the same time, there's no doubt that they have at times struggled against Big 12 bats. Um, you know, they, like I said, they've been run ruled a bunch of times this year, but they've also come back to beat those teams. Mm-hmm. So there's there, there's a lot that can happen uh, this time this year at the Big 12 tournament. But at the same time, WVU always seems to outperform itself at that tournament. And in 2019, I believe they were they were one game away from actually winning that that tournament. Um, and and this year could be the same, the same thing, or they could take two straight losses and go home. I think that I, I think it's more likely that they win the tournament than they take a second round exit. But you know, it's it's tough to predict what's going to happen in this this year's Big Twelve. The, the Big Twelve tournament is a very fun tournament to go to. I've been to it a couple of times now, and certainly if, if you have the ability to spend a couple of days uh, in Arlington this year, uh, there at Globe Life Field, I, I would certainly recommend it. You're going to see a lot of good baseball. You're going to see uh, a player. I mean, j- just looking around the ba- the Big Twelve. You'll see a guy for Texas Tech and, and, and Jace Young who is going to be a top 10, top 12 pick in the MLB draft. Ivan Melendez has really improved his MLB draft status and his stock. So you're, you're going to see a lot of guys who are going to be playing at the next level. And then it, just in terms of the Big 12 play, it's a lot of varying philosophies and styles of play, which we've seen at times this year, but if you only come to the home games, you've only seen half of those styles of play. You've got teams like a Texas Tech TCU, who really do it on the strength of their pitching staffs, for the most part. Obviously, both those teams have some good hitters, but for the most part, strength of their pitching staffs. Then you've got teams like Oklahoma State and, and Texas, who, I mean, it's it just boppers up and down the lineup, and they've also got some pretty good pitching, too. Then you've got Oklahoma and WVU, who are top 10 in the, in the nation in stolen bases, and then you've got Kansas State and Baylor, who are going to be there for a couple of days, and <laughs> and they'll, they'll probably be done after that, let's be honest. But, I mean, there's certainly a line of demarcation, I think, in the Big 12 tournament this year where those top six 
teams in whichever order it's going to be. I think all top six have a decent chance of winning this tournament. TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech, WVU, in, in no particular order right there, all have a shot at making a run if the chips fall correctly. After that, K-State, Baylor, probably not the shots that, that they would have liked to have coming into this season. But it, I think it's going to be a very fun Big 12 tournament, hopefully very fun for WVU. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the standings. They're, the standings are absolutely absolutely crowded. You take a look going into this weekend, W and as it stands currently, WVU is sixth in the league. Um, well, technically, I guess they're fifth right now, given the – that Texas is losing to Kansas. But entering the weekend, they were sixth in the league. But they weren't a sixth-place team, if that makes sense. Like that, right. that, that, that That's very uh, – it's kind of a misnomer. It is. Well, and to your point, so I just went back to the 2021 Big 12 baseball standings. 14 wins in the Big 12, which is what WVU did this year. It's what Texas may end up doing this year if they come back to beat Kansas. That would put you in a tie for third place just last season. Whereas the sixth place Baylor Bears last year only had 11 wins. That's just last year. Let's go back to 2019 here. Obviously, 2020 didn't really play out. 2020, again, 14 wins in the Big 12, tied for second is what that would have gotten you. West Virginia that year, the year they hosted the regional, 13 wins in the Big 12. That was a fourth place finish for the Mountaineers in the conference. 2018, 14 would have gotten you a tie for a tie for fourth place. So again, kind of like we're saying here, it's so crowded at the top this year, and it's amazing that six teams put up 14 or more conference victories. That's really impressive by this Big 12. WVU is only two games back from the from the conference winner. Yeah, you know that that's that's unreal, and they're gonna they're gonna finish fifth or sixth. Um, you know, if you have a uh, if you have a race like that in any other baseball league, give me a call because I'd like to I'd like to watch that. But um, yeah. I, Sixth place this year is is something to actually hang your hat on. It sounds very weird to say. A lot of people are still, you know, if you're not first, you're last. But, you know, this year you just need a ticket to the big show. They got that ticket, and it's very likely that they're going to get the ticket to the biggest show, and that's an NCAA regional. I wanted to look just to compare really quickly here. The SEC is arguably, I think we can probably both agree, the best baseball yeah. conference yeah. In, in the country. Um in the SEC East division, Tennessee obviously in, in control of that division, 24 and 5 in conference play. After that, Florida has 15 conference wins. Vanderbilt and Georgia both have 14. So 14 wins, you, just by comparison, that gets you a top three finish in the East division. The West division, a little bit more stacked. You've got you know some of the, the blue chip programs like Texas A&M, Arkansas, LSU, all those programs with at least 16 wins in the conference this year. But, I mean, that's the best conference in baseball we look right. probably the big 10 that's a different story where 14 conference wins might might get you a division crown who knows yeah who knows um yeah I, and and even think about it this way you know wvu won two games against tcu who already earned a share of the title um they they took a win from texas tech who um are going to finish second or third you know um it's it, it's just a top to bottom a tough league but wvu has competed yeah, WVU, the only team in the Big 12 this year did not lose three straight games at any point in the season. West Virginia, uh, probably only one of a, a small handful of teams in the conference to not get swept at any point by a conference member, at least uh, this year in this season. It, it, I mentioned the Big 10. I just wanted to look at that. Uh, West Virginia, 14 conference wins in the Big 12. That's 
fifth or sixth place finish, depending on again what happens between Kansas and Texas here. It's about where you would finish in the Big 12 this year, or the Big 10, I should say, this year as well. So about the same there, but obviously you've got a lot of teams there at the bottom of the Big 10 that have only won six conference games. So kind of a different dynamic there oh, yeah. in the in the Big 10. But all right, so that's kind of just our quickly some of our thoughts on the Big 12 tournament and I guess where WVU would have stacked up against some of these other conferences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have those. Still have those. You know, WVU should have gone to the ACC or the Big Ten pipe dreams back ten years ago. Yeah, but I, you know, we'll I don't see know. what happens. We'll see what we'll, happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But all right, so Sam, let's get into some end of season accolades. The regular season is over now. The postseason begins for West Virginia. They'll start off with the Big Twelve tournament, and then really, unless. Unless things just don't shake out West Virginia's way, which I don't see happening at this point, West Virginia will play in the NCAA tournament. Where they'll play at that point, really up in the air still at this point. Could be Blacksburg for Virginia Tech. Could be Maryland. Could be Virginia with the host side of the Cavaliers. Could be South Bend at Notre Dame. Really, a lot of regional sites here are in play for West Virginia to travel to that hopefully won't be too far of a drive for Mountaineer Nation. But let's, let's get some end of season, end of regular season accolades here, Sam. We'll just go kind of go in order down the list that we prepared a team MVP for the Mountaineers this year is whom? For me, it's it's Austin Davis. Um, you know, he's one of the best leadoff hitters in the country. Uh, leads ties ties the team lead in batting average. Leads leads the team in hits. Uh, he's on pace to still break a, the stolen base record along with Victor Scott. Obviously, Victor is now the single season king, but. Uh, Austin Austin's one of the best base stealers in program history on his own right. Um, yeah, he's just been a, a reliable guy that can score runs, generate runs. Um, just, you know, all, and, and he's been consistent. He's been very, very consistent. I don't know where this team would be without Austin Davis. That, that's Those are all solid points. I really can't disagree with anything you just said. Austin Davis, I, I agree, is the team MVP. I was trying to think of an argument for one or two other guys. I think they, they fit some of the other accolades that we're going to throw out at you here in just a couple of moments. But I agree. Austin Davis, your team MVP for the Mountaineers this season. All right, so let's go best pitcher on this Mountaineer squad. I think there's a lot of ways that we can go with this. I think we're going to have different answers here. So best pitcher for WVU this season. Yeah, th this is a tough one to kind of answer because it's it's also been a, a matter of who's been be who's been the best at certain points. But I'm I'm going to say Jacob Waters because he was a preseason All-American closer, mm -hmm. but he was able to stretch his arm out and become the Friday starter, a reliable Friday starter at that. Um, he had an incredible start against Texas. Unfortunately for him, he did not get the win, but uh, I mean, he, he became a legitimate Friday starter who could give you six or seven innings, 110, 120 pitches. Um, and he was supposed to only pitch two innings every other game maybe yeah. so that's who i would put in the, in that there, there are plenty of other candidates that you could put there but for me it's jacob waters the, the stats for jacob waters you know if someone just looked at the stats they're gonna be like three and six record of 5.65 era that's not your best pitcher but i agree the performance that he put forth throughout this season certainly deserving of the best pitcher accolade for this wvu team uh, I'm going to go with Trey Braithwaite. He's going to fit the mold for a lot of these accolades that we'll throw out here uh, throughout the rest of this podcast. But Trey Braithwaite, to me, I mean, what he's done this year, a 3-0 record, 21 appearances, a 1.54 ERA, a whip hovering around one, a opponent batting average of 149. I mean, just what he did on the mound this season. And really for a guy who is new to this team, new to this program, 
to come in and then have a completely new role about a month, six weeks into this season. It's really impressive what he's done. And I know we asked him about that um, one of the last times we spoke about it, and he had some good answers there. So definitely head to the website and see some of his answers on that. So so that was best pitcher. Uh, Jacob Waters and Trey Braithwaite. Team MVP was Austin Davis for both of us. The most surprising player on this team, Sam? Uh, for me, uh, most surprising player is probably uh, Braden Barry. Um, he's right now he's the hottest bat on the bat in the lineup. Uh, he was kind of he he was mostly a a pinch guy in 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 his freshman season, or I should say last season, and this season he's been the number five hitter and he's made arguments to be in the top three. Um, it, that's a tough nut to crack there. Of course, there are a lot of good bats there, but uh, Braden's been one of the best players in the last month for WVU, yeah. um, especially in this past weekend. Um, and, and it wasn't even a, a surefire thing that he would start in left field ahead of the season, but I mean, who's going to take that job from him? Seriously, who's right, going to take yeah. that left field job from him? Uh, two ninety one batting average, eight ninety one OPS, and six homers, five of which have come in the last month. You know, most surprising guy for me is Braden Barry. A lot of candidates for this accolade. Braden Barry certainly one of them. You think of some of the some of the arms that we didn't think they were going to do what they did. Uh, Aiden Major, Chris Sleeper, I think is in that list that we haven't seen him much recently. Um, you look on the lineup, and I, I don't think a lot of people saw what Dane Leonard did coming. Uh, no. I, and I, no. I'm one of them. I think Dane Leonard, for me, is the most surprising. He's a guy, again, new to this program, new to this team, and he just came in and hit. And he was a pretty reliable backstop back there behind the plate, the 336 average for him at the dish. Um, he, he really so he tied for the team lead in average. Other than that, he's not going to lead the team really in anything. But just solid production the whole way through. And right now he's on, a, I believe, it's a nine-game hitting streak he's on right now uh, with one, two, three, four, uh, five multi-hit games in that streak as well. So, again, you talk about hottest hitters right now in the Mountaineers, Dane Leonard's in there as well. So, yeah. I, for me, I think most surprising, Dane Leonard. Oh, and, and, you know, the, the best part is he's kind of in an awkward spot in the lineup where he's – I mean, you could say he's the starting catcher, but he kind of – and I don't want to say competes with McGuire Holbrook for that spot, but rotates, time, yeah. shares time. Then this past these last couple of weeks, he's been playing third base. He's played DH. You know, he's kind of uh, in a confused part of the lineup. But I mean, he leads the league and he leads the team. I I, I did that a lot last week. He leads the team in batting average. Um, and. He's got an 899 OPS. That's pretty. That's pretty incredible yeah. as well. And he's not really a home run hitter. If you can get an 899, touch 900 OPS without hitting home runs, he's done three. But still, that you got a pretty good bat. That's a very good point. All right, two more accolades to hand out here quickly. Most improved player on this team. For me, the most improved player is probably. <laughs> This, this is, is a tough, tough one. This, this is, is tough. a tough one. Uh, but I, I want to say McGuire Holbrook. Um, just because he, he's probably the most reliable bat in the lineup. He, 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 was a, he showed some pop as a freshman. But, man, when he steps up, you know he's going to put the ball in play. He's only struck out 18 times this season. He, he, 
when you that's think, impressive. That, yeah, it's very impressive. And you look at him, especially with a name like McGuire, you think, oh, he's this power guy. He swings a lot of stuff in the dirt. You know, he's gonna try to, but he's gonna hit a lot of homers. That's not what he is at all. He's just a good fundamental hitter. He takes long at bats. He picks his pitches. He puts the ball in play. He advances runners. And and he he leads the team in R, or Victor Scott leads the team in RBIs. Um, he's second in RBIs with 42. Um, that's a guy you want batting cleanup. You don't really need to worry about homers. You want a guy who's just going to put the ball in play and move runners. And he does that, and he gets on base. Now, sometimes when he's on base, we have some questionable <laughs> decisions. But that that's beside the point. Yeah, 911 OPS. Uh, 325 average, 42 RBIs. That's a number four hitter right there. McGuire Holbrook was going to be my pick for most improved player on this team. But since Didn't you mean took, to steal it. No, that, 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 that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so since you took him, I, I'm going to go to the other side of the dynamic here and go a pitcher. And it's someone who we really, except for mentioning that he pitched Friday and had a solid outing, we haven't really talked about yet. Ben Hampton, uh, a guy who yeah. has really, I think, turn into a much better pitcher this year. He, he he doesn't have the hardest throwing fastball out there, but he's got some nasty, nasty breaking pitches that, that he throws out there against really good Big 12 hitters. And for the most part this year, he's danced around some really good bats. And, and one thing that he did yesterday that I think is kind of important, he won his eighth decision on the mound uh, Friday, I should say. He did that on Friday. So that's the fourth most wins by a single WVU pitcher since the team moved to the Big 12. Alec Manoa, Nick Snyder, Harrison Musgrave all had nine. Uh, Manoa and Snyder did that in the same season a couple of years ago, back in 2019. Two of those guys, Musgrave and Manoa, pitched in the MLB. I'm not saying that's the trajectory or the path <laughs> for Ben Hampton right now, but, I mean, to kind of put your name in that list as far as Big 12 pitchers go, uh, for WVU at least, Pretty good season that Ben Hampton has put forth this year. 4.50 ERA, 8-4 and four record on the mound. Uh, did a pretty good job. I mean, for a guy who threw 78 innings, opponent batting average of 250, that's nothing to scoff at, especially in a really good no, offensive league like the Big 12. So Ben Hampton, I think, is the most improved player on this Mountaineer team for me. And, and final one, Sam, and we're, we're going to go in different ways, I think, on this one. I, I doubt we have the same person. Newcomer of the year for the Mountaineers baseball team this season. Yeah, I I think it's Trey Braithwaite just because you know as a Yankee fan I I, I appreciate good relievers you know <laughs> um, especially good closers and when you when Trey goes out in the mound he he you're pretty confident if you're sitting in the West Virginia dugout and he wasn't supposed to have that role that was supposed to be Jacob Waters' role yeah. he was thrust into that position and he more than thrived he. he he slams the door shut and and you know he allows just over one runner on on base every single inning and just a, a reliable guy that he didn't really think that he was going to really thrive all that much you you would think Jacob Waters was going to have eight saves this year but Trey's Trey's been the guy and and not many fans would have heard of him before April yeah March you know so to me, he's the newcomer of the year. Trey Braithwaite, of course, we, we ran through some of his statistics a little bit, little bit ago. Uh, a fantastic season for me, though. Um, 
J.J. Weatherholt is that newcomer of the year. I mean, obviously, there's so many yeah. guys that kind of fit this mold, but a 308 average uh, had 17 doubles at the team leading, 17 doubles on the year. Pretty good slugging percentage, good OPS. J.J. Weatherholt was a guy that, and he kind of jokes about this now, went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in his first Big 12 game. Right. And he's done pretty well ever since that point. Uh, J.J., he's just constantly been getting on base. He's a guy that... On a team that had, by by some media outlets, the Big 12 Freshman of the Year in Grant Hussey really outshined Grant Hussey as far as freshmen go on this team. J.J., again, 308 average, just did well. He's going to finish fourth on the team in batting average, at least through the regular season. To me, J.J. is that newcomer of the year, but certainly other guys fit that mold. Grant Hussey, he had a power hitter type season. Led the team in home runs, but had a, had a batting average around the 250s. That's, that's what you're going to see out of power hitters. Uh, you know, most of the time in this day and age of baseball, Aiden Majors made a strong case here at the end of the season for oh, a newcomer yeah. of the year award. Totally, yeah. Major is talk about not knowing what your role is. Well, first, let me start with JJ. He, we spoke to him last night or two nights ago, and he said he just wanted to come in and compete for a spot in his first season. He knew he was going to get some playing time, but he didn't know he was going to be the number two hitter. And he's been a pretty dang good number two hitter. With a guy like Austin Davis in the leadoff spot who gets on base, JJ's only grounded into three double plays this season. You know, like that's that's pretty and for solid. for a team who was grounding into double plays like it was their job at one point in this yeah. season, that's pretty impressive that he only had three. That's it's, a good point. It's, it's really impressive. And, and he, he gets on base too. He gets on base more than Austin does. Um, so, um, yeah, to have him. And, and, and the funny thing is, let's go back to the beginning of the season. We joke about we've been joking about this all season. That's a good point. JJ was the only freshman that we didn't mention on the podcast. We didn't mention Ian Major either, but that's a little bit of a different story. We yeah. didn't mention JJ Weatherholt in our season preview podcast, and he hit a solo shot in his first college at bat. Part no, that's partly because I guess to give us give us an out, there were sixteen freshmen coming into this team, so oh, we, we, that would have been a freshman only podcast had we just named all the freshmen. But the, no, it is a good point that he is pretty much the only one that we didn't name at one point or another yeah. on that season preview podcast, and, and he, I guess he heard it and said, you know, just watch what I can do. Yeah, my name is JJ. Watch what I can do with a baseball bat. Yeah. So, so those are our accolades, team MVP, best pitcher, most surprising player, most improved, and newcomer of the year for the Mountaineers. Well, all those guys are going to have to perform at maybe a heightened level coming up uh, starting this coming week with the Big 12 tournament starting on Wednesday, May 25th at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Angelica and I will be down there providing coverage from Globe Life Field. And, of course, uh, Nick and Sam will be back in the, uh, in the mothership there in uh, Morgan, I was in Granville. We're, We're in, in Granville, Granville right now. Right now yeah. We're in Morgantown uh, providing coverage from the studio uh, if anything happens here of note. So that's going to do it for us on this latest edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, baseball edition. But, of course, as always, we're going to be keeping you updated on the WVU baseball team and all other teams throughout the spring. Uh, daily TV, Mountaineer Minutes, and on the website, goldenbluenation.com. And, as always, we'll be free golden blue nation app on your favorite apple or android devices for sam coniglio i'm ryan decker this has been the golden blue nation podcast brought to you as always by print and spano west virginia's lawyers your wvlawfirm.com